between the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. Please be seated. Leslie, I promise I'll only embarrass you one time only. There's my promise. Uh, this afternoon, we have gained a uh, new brother in Christ, Leslie Long. And Leslie, if you don't mind for everyone to meet you, would you please stand for just a couple of seconds? And there is Leslie there. And please uh, greet him after service and uh, welcome him to the family. There's been a lot happening in our world in the last few years. That led the National Geographic Channel to conduct a survey gauging what Americans thought about a potential doomsday scenario. Here's what they found out from their survey. 71% envision a major disaster in their lifetime. And they view it as an act of God, not man. Billy, I'm a little surprised with that number. Next. 62% believe we will experience a major catastrophe soon that will wipe out a major part of the world. Next. 49%, about half would forego new high-end appliances when purchasing a new house if that new house had a safe room or bomb shelter instead. What does those numbers tell me? It tells me this. we got a lot of people scared. A lot of people are running scared these days, expecting intimate disaster of some kind. But we... We Christians who know Jesus don't have to be afraid like the rest of the world. We, we don't have to fret no matter how bad the news gets. Because we have that rock of ages, as we talked about this morning. All we need is the right perspective. And that's what the book of Revelation is all about. It's giving first century Christians the right perspective, and it also gives us the right perspective. It helps us see that all of our tribulations, all of our troubles on this earth, and it helps us see it from a heavenly perspective. Chapter 15 is important, because chapter 15 follows chapter 13. And in chapter 13, if you were not scared, you should have been. Because John just comes out and says, folks, Rome is going to come after you. The civilian part, the military part, and even false religion is going to come after you hard. So be prepared. Chapter 15 is to remind the first century Christians and us today that God will have the last word. You see, there's light at the end of the tunnel. The first century Christians, they needed to hear that, and we so do today so much. 
Revelation chapter 15, verse 1, the uh, verse that Gage just read. In the midst of all their troubles, in the midst of all their pains and suffering and tribulation, we are invited to see what? To see seven angels. What does seven tell you? Perfection, completion, God, seven angels, and the end of pain. These are part of the last judgments on those who disobey God. We're going to be talking about that in the next chapter. And those of us who have obeyed God, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. No, our pain is temporary. Our troubles, our problems are temporary, and then it's over. For those who disobey God, their pain is just beginning. Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for what a night, but joy comes in the morning. We've got God on our side. In the 1976 Olympics at Montreal, a Japanese gymnast suffered a, a terrible accident. Uh, uh, he actually broke his right knee during the floor exercises. Nobody expected him to show up the next day. But lo and behold, he did. And the next day was the last part of his uh, competition. And it was those rings, you know, you, those rings that are suspended from, uh, from the ceiling. And you get on those rings and you do all the gymnastic uh, exercises. But then you got to dismount. You got to come off of those rings. You got to land on the floor and you got to do it right. Well, he had almost flawless show on the rings. But then it came time for dismount. He did a triple somersault and landed perfectly on the floor, standing up. Here's what he said about his performance. The pain shot through me like a knife. It brought tears to my eyes. But now I have a gold medal. And the pain is gone. That's the way it is for every believer in Jesus Christ. The pain is only temporary. The praise will last forever. So in the midst of your sorrow and pain, get heaven's perspective on things. See the seven angels and see the end of pain. Then see a sea of glass and the peace that is ours even in the midst of the pain. Be calm and secure in the sovereignty of God. Look at verse 2. And I saw something like a sea of glass. Peaceful, calming, you know, a tranquil, tranquil very bay of water. A sea of glass mingled with fire and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. We have a picture of peace here. You see, all the problems of the world will go away in eternity because we will have peace. There's light at the end of the tunnel. The first century Christians needed to hear that, and we do so do today.
It's like Daniel. Daniel resting in the lion's den all night. Just kicked back, calm, serene, while King Darius is unable to sleep on the satin seats in his luxurious palace. You see, with God on our side, we don't have to worry. That's the way it is for those of us who put uh, trust in Christ. We can laugh while the lion is roaring. We can be at peace and secure. More than that, we can sing praises. Yes, praises to our King. Verse 3. They sing the song of Moses, the first lawgiver, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, the second lawgiver, saying, Great and marvelous are your works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you, you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. Do you enjoy singing? You know, when we sing, it's, it's, hard, to, um, it's hard to be down. Singing kind of picks you up. It kind of puts a, a little extra kick in your step. You know, you feel good. We can sing praises to God. Praises to the Lamb. You know, there's no hint of any complaints at all there. No hints of any complaints at all. It reminds me what happened with the apostles in the book of Acts. The Jewish leadership tries to intimidate them. You know, we'll put a stop to this uh, Christianity thing by just a little intimidation. So they intimidate them. They uh, even, uh, after the second arrest, they kind of rough them up a little bit. You know what, folks? You know what I would have done if I'd been back there? I'd be praying, God, rescue me. Get these uh, leaders out of my way. Stop this persecution. I want it to end right now. Do we see those men praying that prayer? No. They are praising God for the opportunity to suffer for the cause. You see, they had the right perspective. From heaven's perspective, we will see that God's ways have been right all along. And, and we will sing. We will sing God's praise because there's light. There's light at the end of the tunnel. The first century Christians needed to hear that, and so do we. God's deeds are amazing. They are beyond human comprehension. We don't understand, but God does. In the 5th century, Augustine, a believer, was walking on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea, and he was trying to figure out God. He just thought that he could, you know, if I just use my head, if I just use my brain, I can figure out God. Then he saw a little boy at a distance. And the little boy would run down to the water and come back and with a bucket, and he would be going back and forth. That kind of made him curious. What's that little boy doing? So he walks over to where the little boy was, and he asked him, what are you doing? The little boy said, well, I've got this hole here I've made in the sand, and I'm going to pour the sea into my hole. 
Well, you know what would happen the moment he would pour that water in that sand hole, that water would just, it would go away. You know, it would just sink right through the, that dry sand. Augustine said, you know, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to, to shrink down God into a way that I can hold it, but there's no way I can hold it. I'm like that little boy trying to hold the water of the sea. It's that way for us when we try to figure God out. We don't understand all that He is and all that He does. We don't understand why He allows suffering and pain. We don't understand why He allows Satan to steal and kill and destroy for a while. But one day, one day we will understand. And when we do, we will sing His praises. All will praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 2. Therefore God also has highly exalted him, that be Christ, and given him the name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Folks, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't matter if you are been flooded with problems in your life, difficulties, things that you don't understand. There's light at the end of the tunnel. The first century Christians needed to hear that, and so do we. It was almost 60 years ago that a missionary suffered something in his family that was, well, it would be every parent's nightmare. What happened was his one-year-old little boy was running and fell and fell on a new cut-down limb that had been just cut down from a tree. There was a jagged part of the limb right there, and that, that jagged part put a deep cut in that little boy. There was blood everywhere. He was 12 hours away from the closest doctor. That missionary knew if I try to get him to the doctor like he is, he might bleed out. All that missionary had was a, some simple needles and thread that his wife had. They cleaned out the wound the best they could. They sterilized the needle and then several men from the village held down that one-year little boy, and that missionary proceeded to sew up that wound without any anesthesia. Can you imagine the cries from that little boy? Can you imagine the hurt on that father knowing how much he was hurting the little boy? But in hurting the little boy, he was saving his little boy. Folks, sometimes our Heavenly Father allows us to experience unbelievable pain. Problems come up. Family problems, marital problems, financial problems. Sometimes far beyond our ability to comprehend. But someday we'll look back and see that everything that God did was right. In the meantime, we just need to trust God. There's light at the end of the tunnel.
the first century Christians, they needed to hear that, and so do we. That's the heavenly perspective. And that's the perspective that we need in our own trials, in our own tribulations. So in the midst of all your sorrows and pain, see the seven angels. See those seven angels and the end of pain. See the sea of glass, the peace that is ours in the midst of pain. And finally, see a sanctuary and God's punishment for sin. You see the temple in heaven and know that God will make everything right in the end. God will make everything right in the end. After these things, verse 5, I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. God is in heaven. And you can look on Him. Because He's there for you. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, the first century Christians, well, they needed to hear that and so do we today. Look at verse 6 now. And out of the temple came the seven angels having the seven plagues clothed in pure, pure, bright linen. There's no room for anything that is not right. There's no room for sin. There's no room for anything that is foul. These angels are clothed in pure, bright linen and having their chests girded with golden bands. You see, God is going to one day in life here on earth. And there's going to be a judgment day. And he's going to send Jesus back to receive his own. Verse 7. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. God will take care. God will correct the score. You know, sometimes we feel like the score is against us. Sometimes we feel like the world is against us and we are losing. God will correct the score for you and me one day. The seven angels come from the presence of a holy God ready to judge the earth and no one can stop them. No one can come into God's presence and beg Him to hold them back. When God decides, God has decided. No one can enter the temple because it is filled with the smoke of God's glory and power. God's holiness demands justice. His righteousness requires that sin be punished. His integrity insists that all the wrongs be made right in the end. And that's exactly what will happen one day. There's light at the end of the tunnel, my friends. The first century Christians needed to hear that, and so do we. Many years ago, a man in India became a believer. He, his family was part of the lowest caste. You know, you have caste, you know, kind of rankings in India. His family was the lowest you could be. And he felt the racism, the prejudice. He felt the scorn. And all he wanted to do was, he said, I want to 
do well in school, go to college, and finally have a job when I can pay some of those people back. That was his goal in life, to pay those people back for what they had done to his family. When he finally got to college, he found a Bible in the room where he was staying. It had been discarded. He started reading that Bible. He read about Jesus. He read about God. And he read about how God would right the wrongs. He became a believer in Jesus and turned his vengeance over to God. Because God can do a better job than he could ever do. And he ended up sharing his faith with people, some of those same people who had made fun of him, who had scorned him, and who had abused him. In the midst of your trials and tribulations, get God's perspective on things. See the seven angels and the end to your pain. See a sea of glass and the peace that is ours, even in the pain. And finally, see that sanctuary in God's punishment for sins. God will indeed right all wrongs someday. Of course, that means He will punish your sins as well. If you still have your sins. You see, you still have your sins unless you've accepted the punishment already meted out for your sins on the cross and obeyed His perfect will. Unless you have become a Christian, you still have your sins. You've got a sin problem. You see, Jesus was punished for your sins and mine on the cross. He died for us and, and rose again. And those of us who have chosen to obey will never have to fear being punished for sin ever again. In 1902, a young lady named Adelaide Pollard, she decided that she wanted somehow to help in the mission effort in spreading the news of Jesus. She actually wanted to go and maybe even help out in a foreign land. The problem was she came from a very poor family. She had uh, very few friends. And certainly she didn't have any friends with money. And it took money for a plane ticket and to get over there and to pay for your basic living. She knew she would probably never be able to do what she really wanted to do. One night, she went to a Bible study for women. And there was a sweet lady there, an older Christian. And as they closed out that Bible study, that older Christian lady prayed. She prayed, Lord, we don't know how you want to use us, but use us in any way that you want to use us. And let that be our will. Adelaide went home that night and penned these words that became part of a very familiar song. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I'm waiting, yielded and still. Are you ready to let God have his way with you? 
Are you ready to turn your life over to God? Are you ready to put God number one in your life? Are you ready to live for Him 24-7 so that people can see Jesus in your life every day? Maybe life has not gone as you planned and you're discouraged. Maybe life has been unfair, and guess what, folks? Life can be unfair. Let's go ahead and admit it. Perhaps you've experienced that distress of soul that, that Adelaide was having, knowing what she wanted to do and knowing that she never could do it. I urge you, make her song the prayer of your heart. Obey Jesus tonight. Believe, repent, confess, be baptized. It's that simple. Will you do it? Leslie did it earlier this afternoon. Will you do it tonight? Now, most of us here are Christians. Do you need to seek His forgiveness? The church stands ready to pray with you and for you. If you have a need to respond, please do so as we see your encouragement. Amen.